Hey friends, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. It's Misty Phillip and I am so excited that you are here with me today. I am bringing back one of my favorite guests. He always has so much wisdom to share, Jordan Rayner. But before we get into the episode with Jordan, I want to tell you what I did this week. I went and shot the magazine cover for the latest edition of the Spark Media Magazine to celebrate the radio collaboration that we have with KHCB Uplifted. And y'all, it turned out so good. Did you know that we have all of our back issues available for free at the Spark Media website? I encourage you, if you're interested in podcasting or you're just looking for an encouraging word from some of our content creators, we would love for you to download a free copy at sparkmedia.ventures. Well, if you do not know Jordan Rayner, he is a best-selling author. He is an entrepreneur entrepreneur and um, just all around really good guy. We talk about the fact that God created us to work and we need to be in the word before we work and that we need to do it with excellence because excellence matters. And the more we pursue excellence, the greater influence we can have on our peers, on our family and in people in the marketplace. Throughout the Bible, we're constantly being reminded of our call to excellence because God does nothing short of excellence himself. Therefore, we should always pursue excellence. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we should do it all to the glory of God. So Jordan and I are going to talk about why our work matters because God said so. And because by doing our work with excellence, it honors God. So we talk about so much more. So I just enjoy anytime Jordan's available to come on the show. And I hope that you guys love this episode. If you do, share it with a friend and leave us a review on social media. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Jordan Rayner, welcome back to the By His Grace podcast. I am so excited. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I can't believe I keep getting asked back. This is crazy. It's like the ultimate compliment being asked to come back onto a podcast. Well, you always deliver so much value and we have a heart for a lot of the same things like yeah. living intentionally, being yeah. in the word and the whole faith and work movement, which yeah. is the Lord's really 
showed me how much that marketplace ministry is so important. So the first time you were on, we talked about redeeming your time and productivity, and that was great. And then you came out with children's book, uh, The Creator in You. And a lot of those topics, I feel like in The Creator in You, you, that you've like expanded upon that for for this new devotional. Um, And so I'm excited to talk to you about that. I got to tell you something funny, though before we get started. The title of it kind of cracked me up because in our home we have a saying and it's Bible before news. So my husband is kind of a news junkie and he reads a lot of stuff and I can tell when he's in the Bible before he reads the news or if he's not in the Bible. And so we had this whole Bible before news. And so when it's the word before work, I was like, I like that. (laughs) You can tell a difference, right? Whether you read scripture before news, whether you read scripture before you head to the office, it makes a big difference. There's a reason why Jesus prioritized time with his heavenly father above everything else and why we got to do the same thing. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about this book. Uh, Before we just dive into the book itself, I want to ask you, how does the gospel uniquely empower us to be exceptional, not just at work, but also at home and really kind of everywhere we go, right? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a theme that's kind of woven throughout this devotional book, The Word Before Work. I think the gospel uniquely empowers us to be exceptional at work and at home because the gospel is paradoxically both our ultimate source of rest and ambition, right? So after Adam and Eve sinned, you know, they they realized they were naked for the first time, right? So they, they sewed these fig leaves together, right? Made covering for themselves to mask their shame. It tells us in Genesis 3, 7, right? I would argue that We do the exact same thing today, not with literal fig leaves, but with metaphorical ones to be sure, right? It's why we're working so hard and often neglecting our families, right? We work ourselves to the point of burnout, often not because we need to necessarily financially, but because we need to emotionally and spiritually, because success at work yields one of the thickest fig leaves, if you will, of our modern era. It's masking over the fact that underneath it all, we aren't really okay. We aren't really confident in our self-worth, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, those fig leaves of professional accomplishments ultimately wither, forcing us to work harder to achieve the next level of success, all the while sapping all the pleasure out of our work, right? The gospel is the good news that only Jesus can provide us and has provided us with the fig leaf that will never, ever, ever fail, right? A fig leaf that says that we are okay, not because of our success at work, but because the creator God died in our place so that we could be reconciled to him. That enables us to go to work without needing to get something from the work that work was never designed to give us. Ultimately, this sense of self-worth and value, that enables us to rest and spend time with our families, adequate time with our families to do the important work God's called us to do both outside the home and inside. Yeah. I mean, we have to understand that, first of all, that we are created in the image of God and understand our identity in Christ. And we learn that as we are in the word, God shows us how much he loves us. He shows us that he is the creator and we can co-create with him. And all of these things um, drive from 
that being known, being loved, that identity that so many people are struggling with today. So they look for all of these external things, whether it's money, career, status, you know, you know, all the things, but there's a better way, right? Just a better way. I would argue there's one way, right? I mean, there's, there's only one way to get off of that hamster wheel and it's the gospel. Yeah. So I was on your website and it, uh, you have a quote there that's like, there are more than a thousand passages of scripture that relate to work. And I didn't realize there were that many. That's crazy cool. Yeah. They talk about uh, that, what God has called us to do, why he's called us to do it and how we can work in accordance with his commands. So what is this, what does this mean in light of the biblical narrative for us? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I, <laughs> It's interesting. You can think about the biblical narrative, right? Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 in in kind of five acts. Some theologians would argue four. I would would argue there's five acts, right? And what's interesting is you can sketch out, you can see the purpose of humanity and the purpose of work in each of the five acts, right? So act one is creations, Genesis 1 and 2, right? Where we see God presenting himself first, as a laborer long before he shows up as a preacher, right? But he doesn't work alone, right? In the sixth day, he passed the baton of creation to us. And work is God's first gift to humankind before the fall. That's act one, right? Before, long before the Great Commission, there's the first commission, the only commission that never, ever ends that you see in act one and in act five, human beings filling the earth and subduing it all to the glory of God, right? That's act one. Act two, we screw up our reign, right? We're supposed to rule this world for God's glory. We decide to rule it for our own. And now our punishment is that work is now arduous and difficult. God still blesses it. He still commands it. But our efforts to make more of this world are going to be really, really, really hard, really hard. By the sweat of our brow, we will get food from the land. That's act two. Act three. Jesus comes onto the scene, the act of redemption to reconcile the world to himself, to buy back and redeem everything that sin broke in Genesis 3. And that includes human beings and our individual standing with God, but it also buys back our original purpose. Part of the purpose of Jesus coming to die and rise from the dead was so that we could once again be restored to our original purpose, which is ruling this world on his behalf. That brings us to act four, right? Jesus could have brought the kingdom in one fell swoop, but he didn't. Instead, he chose to renew, this is act four, renewal, creation in partnership with human beings. That's what we're doing today, right? The already and not yet of the kingdom. The kingdom has been inaugurated by Jesus the king, but he is choosing to implement that kingdom to spread and unveil and reveal that kingdom through human work until act five, Jesus returns and consummates the kingdom permanently ripping the veil between heaven and earth. And contrary to this American caricature that we've created of heaven as a glorified retirement home, Isaiah 65 promises us that on a new earth, God's chosen people will long enjoy the work of their hands, 
Work was dominant in human activity in Genesis 1. It's dominant in Revelation 22, 5, where God says that we are going to reign with him forever in a new heaven and a new earth. It's all the way from A to Z. Work is a central part of the story. It's central to who God made us because it's central to who he is as a creative working God. And I think the practical ramifications that are legion, primarily, it just assigns great dignity and meaning to the work that we all do, filling and subduing the earth, whether that's filling it with sermons or widgets, all to the glory of God. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Which leads me into the next question. Why does the work matter? Why does it matter? It matters, number one, because God ordained it. And has never once retracted his statement that work is a blessing to humankind, ever, even after the fall. He commands it always in the context of blessing. See Genesis 9, see the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment, where he commands us to work and rest in a particular rhythm, right? So that's that's number one why the work matters. God commands it. Number two, Romans 8 makes crystal clear that our work is part of the means through which creation is being redeemed and renewed right? We're not just waiting for Jesus to drop from the clouds and make everything new. Part of the way that the world becomes new, part of the way that injustice is eradicated, part of the way that beauty is created that we'll see forever in the new Jerusalem is through the human labor that you and I do today. First Corinthians 15, 58. It's the very end of Paul's very long exposition on bodily resurrection and our eternal bodies. You expect him to say, okay, in light of that future hope, your job doesn't matter at all. Right, just like sit back, wait for Jesus' return, but it's not what he says. He said, he says, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. End quote. Somehow it matters for eternity. And we read this and we think, okay, well, yeah, sure. The work of evangelism, right, matters for eternity. Or the work of prayer matters for eternity. Of course it does. But Paul says, are any labor we do in the Lord. I've read tons of people commenting on what does that mean? Basically, this means any work we do for God and not for our own glory, any work we do that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, whether that's designing a website or sharing the gospel with a coworker, all of it is somehow miraculous as the resurrection itself, not in vain and will contribute to God's eternal future. That's why it matters. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, the, the word also says that whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of people feel like, you know, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. You know, what what can I contribute? And um, my husband and I have had a lot of conversations about how, because I think sometimes in a corporate environment, it can be tricky to express your faith. And so how do you kind of balance um, the faith and, and work and feeling like what you do is significant? Yeah. Well, I think you got to get clear. I, I, I think a lot of our beliefs here are rooted in a misconception of what's eternal and what's not. If you believe that eternity is simply God and his people, then you're right. The work you do nine to five doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of eternity, unless you're sharing the gospel with your coworkers. Thankfully, that's the vision of eternity that scripture holds out for us, right? Eternity, when we look at it in Revelation, includes culture and a great city 
that God has created that's 7 million feet tall. Eternity includes the very best products of culture from this life that both John and Isaiah see Jesus accepting as gifts in the New Jerusalem, what Isaiah calls the glory and wealth of the nations, ships that humans built, refined gold and incense, acts of culture. So if all those things are a part of eternity, then the work I do today, number one, has the chance of physically, literally lasting into eternity. That should be mind-boggling. Right. But number two, even if it's not physically there, our work can be a means of revealing the kingdom and our king to those we work with and how we work in different ways that are marked by the core values of the kingdom of God, working in ways that are more just and more beautiful and more excellent and more true that demand that people ask us ask us a question as to why we work in the way we do. Why do you sacrifice credit on a project for a coworker? Oh, because I, I don't need the credit. I, I'm a child of God. Jesus just called me an adopted child of God. I'm good to go. Why are you sacrificing your power on behalf of some of the marginalized people in our office? Oh, because that's exactly what Jesus, the King of heaven did for me right? Acting and working in ways that are so countercultural and so mind-boggling that people have to ask the question. But even if they don't, I want to make this clear. Even if they don't, the work still matters to God. Why? Because it's obedience, right? Psalm 37, 23 says, God delights in every detail of the lives of the godly. Not just when you're sharing the gospel, not just when you're praying at work, Anytime you do that work with excellence and love and in accordance with God's commands, you are contributing to the eternal smile of God. Yeah, that's so good. That's, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about is even just, you know, you will know us by our love. And so when we are loving and kind to, um, to maybe a, a sandpaper, uh, coworker, you know, that, sh- that shows the character of Christ. Why do we love? We love because he first loved us. And so, so therefore we, we can love others. And I love what you said about, you know, doing it with excellence and to his glory, because that's why we're here. So your devotional contains a of this 260 short, short, compelling um, devotions because we're all busy, crazy, right? Um, And so you kept them purposefully short, but packed with scripture and theology. And so I'm so glad that you did that. So what are you hoping that readers are going to take away from this? So it's not a 365 day devotion. It's for the 260 work days in the year. Um, What do you want them to walk away from at the end of the day? Yeah, I think number one, day in, day out, in two minutes of reading this devotional, I want you to be reminded every day of the eternal significance of your work. That's number one. I think number two, I'm praying that these devotionals will spur you on to greater and deeper obedience to Jesus the King and and applying the word and what Jesus is commanding us to do in our places of work, whatever that work is. So that's it. Number one, a daily reminder of why your work matters to God, especially if you're not a religious professional. And number two, deeper obedience to him and living out our faith, applying the gospel at a super practical level to whatever it is you do, whether you're an entrepreneur or a barista or an accountant or a stay-at-home parent. 
Yeah, because we those are all uh, jobs that we all do, and we can honor God in any of those. I was just talking to, to someone about, you know, sometimes the best way that I can serve the Lord is to feed my family and do it with love and, and a smile. So there right. is no job that is insignificant in God's economy. And so um, I think that is important for people to know, and it's important for us to be rooted and grounded in the word so that we can withstand all the noise that's coming at us in culture. Um, so Jordan, I just want to wrap this interview up and just ask you, um, what's next for for you? You know, you just launched this book. Uh, you've been busy this year. You've launched your children's book. I, I got to know, what's, what's on the horizon for you? Well, thank God, Lord willing, we're not launching a book for 15 months. I've launched three <laughs> in the last 12. Uh, so I just got the pub date on my next book and thank God it does not fall in calendar year 2023. Uh, no, but we got a lot in the pipeline. Uh, so Lord willing, I know what the next three books are. The next three books are done. Actually, uh, they're in the pipeline, um, being edited right now. And so, um, we got two more children's books coming down the pipeline, which we're really excited about. So the the next project that we're going to release is likely going to be this picture book, um, painting a picture of what what will the new earth actually look like? What will we be doing there? What does it mean when Revelation 22.5 says that we will reign with Christ forever and ever, right? Uh, and just dispelling these like boring, unbiblical pictures of heaven that we've been sold for the last 200 years. Yeah, so the same illustrator? The same illustrator. Yeah, which if y'all have not seen Creator New, stunning imagery. So I can't wait to see that. And it's great for parents too, I think. Um, I wrote it see... more for parents than I did kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what a great... Uh, you know, tool for parents to have to bring their kids into the conversation. So that is super exciting. Glad you're not uh, launching a book for a while. Me too. Excited, excited about this one. I know it's going to help a lot of people, um, whether they're, you know, at their office in the morning, at lunch, it's just something quick they can keep on their desk and they can get in the word before they do their work. So any last words, uh, Jordan? No, I, I, I'm just grateful for people like you and your audience who care about connecting the gospel to the work. And I'm just praying that the word before work helps you do that in two minutes a day. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. This has been fun and congrats on the new book. Thank you, friend. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there. <laughs>